Welcome, everybody. Roll up your sleeves, grab your pens and papers, and get ready to take notes. My name is Frank Taylor, and this is Let's Be Frank. Welcome, everybody, to Let's Be Frank about real estate investing. Uh, It has been some time since my last podcast. Uh, Over and above just being swamped, uh, I really wanted to try and give this uh, next set of podcast segments some deep thought and consideration. Um, First, I would like to provide uh, my uh, deepest sympathies to anyone uh, that is involved in any way uh, in the conflict uh, back in Europe and uh, what is unfolding uh, as we as you listen to this, uh, which will probably carry on for quite some time, um, is uh, something in which um, it's just beyond sad and, uh, and is uh, precipitous to what, um, you know, I'm going to provide some information and background on. And, um, and for those uh, who are interested in uh, the dynamics of what's playing out and how that uh, can interrelate with uh, real estate, um, this would be a podcast segment uh, and segments. I'm going to break this down into uh, different um, uh, areas specific to uh, parties uh, that are all interrelated. So um, I'm just going to provide now a, a summary of what I see and how things could uh, begin to play out. And that is based on, you know, 36 plus years uh, in the industry and uh, having experienced um, dramatic changes due to global events um, that play out in real estate and how that happens. Um, You know, I would always suggest that everyone uh, take any information I provide and uh, do your own research. Um, It's really important um, for us to, you know, this whole podcast segment is really about learning, education, um, trying to instill, don't just take one person's word from, for it, um, but uh, really dive in and uh, educate yourself. Um, but try and be very careful on, um, let's say, perhaps the information that's provided and um, what might be, um, you know, facilitating that. Meaning um, that many, some, um, many probably won't agree with uh, some of my summaries. Um, anybody that's interrelated with real estate in the actual sale of the asset and or whatever uh, related realtors and brokers, you know, um, you know what I'm suggesting or, or I'm going to discuss, you know, isn't necessarily going to be the best news. Uh, and everybody uh, certainly wants to always make, um, how do we put it, you know, always have a, a positive uh, approach and that everything is going to be uh, okay, which it will be. However, um, I think that we're finally at a point uh, that we're going to start seeing uh, some significant changes. And from all the resources I have and or individuals that I speak to, um, uh, you, there's certainly um, uh, emotion uh, underplay, and I'll get into that. Um, but as I have promised, I'm going to try and keep my uh, podcasts um, a bit shorter. Obviously, they were way too long uh, before. Uh, however, um, I'm going to break this one up because it's very complex and how it all kind of uh, plays out 
uh, into basically an overall synopsis in this podcast. And then I'm going to immediately then uh, begin uh, recording and releasing um, a series that will be uh, to investors of real estate, uh, you know, as a whole. And uh, then I'll do a podcast that is uh, directly towards uh, realtors and brokers. Um, you know, the old school brokers, uh, when I say old school, I'm talking about, you know, individuals that uh, have been in the business for, you know, 30 years and then some, um, you know, not to in any way uh, underplay anybody that's been in the business for less time. However, um, those individuals that have 30 years plus, um, uh, saw and experienced and went through, you know, a completely different market than we've known for the last, safely, uh, the last almost 20 years. Um, but, you know, for sure in the last 14. But uh, And then I'm going to do a segment uh, that's going to be specific to anybody that's into flipping and doing burrs and... Um, and that type of business that are specialist in that. And then I will also then do one uh, for wholesalers and talk about the business model and uh, how uh, dynamic um, situations that are unfolding uh, might change uh, your business model. And, uh, and then I will also do a segment for uh, investors that have, uh, let's say, larger asset classes, meaning that they've got more doors under one roof of at least uh, minimum uh, six units and uh, up to 50, right? Anything over and above that tends to be, um, larger assets like that tend to be under uh, professional management. Um, but there might be the odd individual who listens to the show um, that may uh, certainly uh, be of interest uh, for them. And then uh, my last segment will be for all other asset uh, investment models um, that are out there. So that's the owners of uh, people that have, you know, retail plazas, uh, storage facilities, um, you know, uh, office, um, you know, any other uh, investment uh, dynamic, uh, light industrial, all of that. Um, um, we'll just have a quick and final uh, review on that. So those segments will uh, come to follow. But, um, you know, I'd be remiss uh, if I didn't um, provide at least um, my professional experience and insight uh, to those that are, you know, that would like to know uh, perhaps uh, what I'm thinking. I wanted to uh, provide it in a manner that um, it doesn't cause uh, in any way, um, you know, I don't want to, I'm not interested uh, in instilling fear in, in any way. However, um, you know, I always live my life by always, uh, with all my clients and throughout my industry, um, I was always honest uh, with my clients about market conditions. And even uh, if it hurt me uh, financially by telling clients to hold off and or uh, this is not a good investment to buy. Um, I was actually known for uh, uh, doing that. Um, I always lived that way. I couldn't sell something to somebody that I wouldn't buy. And then if I knew of something uh, that could maybe affect uh, the value at some point in the near future, um, I disclosed that and needed to try and uh, make that uh, as clear as possible before they made the purchase unless they uh, then decided to carry on. So with that said, um, 
this uh, podcast is going to be a bit of a warning. Uh, warning in that um, uh, I'm just going to kind of um, explain how what's happening um, can play out uh, in the market and uh, how that affects uh, everything. It, it's interrelated. It's we're living in a time right now where um, there's great uncertainty and a lot of unknown. And, um, you know, it's like throwing a rock into the water. Uh, for every action, there is a reaction. And so the situation in Europe is one that we must um, begin to first try and understand um, why and how that is going to affect us. And many will say, well, it's obvious, but um, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit into detail on, on maybe perhaps some things that may not be obvious. And, um, and, and we'll just unfold it. So uh, basically, as everyone knows, uh, the situation has unfolded and it has now caused uh, a significant amount of instability in all aspects of the market. Um, one of those primary aspects which um, affects everything is the cost of oil. So uh, yesterday, uh, oil hit an almost all-time record of $140 per barrel. I don't know what it will be uh, as of the day of the release, but um, those types of impacts, as we all know, are almost immediate at the pump. And uh, although we you know, go to the gas station and fill up our car and just about have a heart attack when we see the continued increased um, prices, we really need to understand is that all things that we buy, everything that we purchase, everything that is made, um, primarily is based on uh, oil uh, products um, to produce energy for transportation. Um, that begins with uh, raw materials uh, to where they need to go to get processed and then eventually to manufacturers who then take their product and then uh, from there it starts to go out to different distributions and then from there uh, it gets out to final uh, the end result. Now keep in mind that's a lot of stages and for every stage that's we're seeing significant costs literally right now we're living in time by the day. And so if we thought inflation was a problem before and uh, or that the inflationary numbers were not quite what was being, you know, maybe, um, you know, if people thought really we're at a 5.1 inflation rate, well, you know, all the power to you. But I, I believed it was much higher than that. But those numbers throw them out of the, t you know, off the table and uh, we're in a whole new game. And uh, so I don't know, most may be already experiencing um, dynamics and changes in pricing and that isn't uh, going to you know that's not going to get better anytime soon um, so the the first thing uh, in which we need to be concerned about is that um, inflation is going to spike up dramatically and you don't have to be an economist uh, in order to know uh, that that is what's happening and uh, with respect to that, when costs of uh, products and items uh, start becoming incredibly expensive, that just automatically, subconsciously causes everybody, uh, no matter whether they're in real estate, no matter what they're doing, um, to kind of slow down on what they can afford to buy. 
Um, it's not just about how much the gas costs in the car, um, which may make you not drive around as much and or then thus not do as many things as you would have done before. Um, but um, it, it affects everything, food, um, you know, everything from everything that we need uh, for our day to day. Uh, gasoline, price of oil has a direct impact on everything. And, and so um, when that is unfolding, how does that in any way affect real estate? Well, first of all, what it does is obviously um, people aren't necessarily as uh, positive and or proactive. And again, much of this stuff uh, becomes a subconscious decision uh, in the population. And this applies, doesn't matter where we are right now. Uh, this is coast to coast. Um, you know, it just causes people to pause just even just a little bit. And, um, and then we, we need to also appreciate that, you know, although, you know, we have seen a market and also have an age demographic of investors that have known nothing, zero, nothing, but an up, an increased market growth, um, have never experienced a uh, market that uh, declines, um, you know, that's going to be an adjustment and uh, how that uh, kind of decline and or let's just say um, the process begins is with what I'm outlining. And uh, you start getting pauses. People uh, begin to uh, perhaps, um, let's say, decide that they may not make a decision today uh, that they otherwise would have. Um, they're not as hot uh, to move um, because of the instability. We've already seen uh, the Bank of Canada has increased uh, rates by half a percentage point, which is a pretty big one um, and is probably going to be uh, far more uh, that will come uh, in the um, short to long-term future. And long-term is not that long. Um, so this is kind of how it basically unfolds. The financial institutions, uh, banks, um, they uh, have uh, within their companies uh, analysts and uh, primarily risk managers and uh, economists. And I can assure you, um, they are building models and have been uh, in meetings to try and uh, gauge um, what can and start building worst case scenarios. And uh, that is something that is done daily and is a very serious um, aspect of their business because banks do not like uncertainty. And when it is a segment of uncertainty in which, um, you know, it, the date and or the timeline um, uh, is unknown, uh, they go into, uh, and rightfully so, into uh, risk management. And uh, how that can affect uh, real estate is that um, anything uh, that is lent, uh, let's say lines of credit and or HELOCs or uh, any, any type of um, line of credit that's associated uh, with real estate, um, we all know that uh, in these uh, last years, um, the ability to be able to obtain credit and also to have also built equity within the asset classes that we own um, has never been better. And uh, so uh, it's not uncommon for many to have uh, large lines of credit or multiple lines of credit um, uh, attached to their real estate. And um, so I'll just go back a little bit. Um, in 1990, uh, we or the late 80s, uh, the market was 
basically very similar. Uh, numbers were different, but it was a boom. And everybody who invested in real estate uh, was absolutely thrilled with the end game result. And uh, it was good times all over. And uh, But what happened was the Gulf War broke out, the original Gulf War in 1990. And that situation was um, very similar. Uh, however, this one's a little more serious. But that time, people thought that there could be a possibility of a third world war. Now, I can assure you that many are worried that that's a possibility. And I think that there's probably more concern about that happening today than there was perhaps in 1990. But let's go back to 1990 and how that kind of played out. So what happened was, was that um, this is kind of how it works. It's going to be like a slow motion car accident. It's, uh, you know, let's just say it's one of those situations in which it's, um, you know, it unfolds and it's kind of like a tsunami. Um, you have no idea that it's coming, um, but it's on its way. And uh, it is going to go by process of elimination. So how it begins is with the financial institutions is they immediately start looking at uh, all of the lines of credit that they the, these individual lenders have out and uh, the amounts that are outstanding, meaning what has been used on those lines of credit and what they've got left on those lines of credit that they've uh, committed to. And um, so I'll give you an example just to keep it simple. If you've got a $200,000 uh, line of credit um, attached to a property and you've utilized $100,000 and have 100 remaining, um, the banks uh, will uh, consider either eliminating that 100 uh, without any notice and or notice they'll provide a letter to you and or if you go to use it and then all of a sudden it's not available, um, they have the right to do that and they will do that to anyone no matter what your credit rating is and whatever your past history has been. Um, they have a responsibility to their shareholders and to the viability of the financial health of their lending institution. And so that is just one beginning. And um, that probably is uh, either underway as, we, as you're listening to this podcast and or will be upcoming. Um, maybe perhaps they may do it a little differently than they did in uh, the beginning of 1990 because we always uh, learn from our lessons and perhaps they may just notify you that they're cutting it down. Um, but I can assure you uh, adjustments are going to uh, begin and get underway. Uh, with regards to how you know these softer, slower approaches begin, um, an example would be that if a property uh, was up for sale, let's say before this event began, and would sell within 24 hours and or within a week, uh, all of a sudden and or let's say uh, we've been living in a crazy market. That market has basically produced where we've got a date for offer presentations. And, uh, and then all of a sudden that date will come up and there aren't any offers uh, that are available as of that date. That is uh, one of the first signs uh, for those that are realtors to understand that the market is beginning to shift. Um, and so that property that would sell in a day or sell within a week or would sell with multiple offers, um, the rules, you know, basically the situation has changed in such a dynamic way um, that uh, 
those types of situations will begin to unfold um, where perhaps we won't see properties sell as fast and then slowly we'll start seeing properties that you know sold yesterday uh, will take a month to sell and they don't sell and then maybe two months to sell and they still haven't sold and what happens is is that when you've got you know basically a, a market in which there's very few listings you're going to then start becoming to see be aware all of a sudden that listings do appear and product uh, does all of a sudden start coming on the market and that also begins to grow almost as quickly as the market begins to slow down and uh, that is because for those individuals who obviously are smart enough and maybe perhaps sense that there might be a change coming down the pipe, they're realizing now is the time and they're going to try and grab and capture uh, as much as they possibly can, which is something uh, that I would advise, uh, meaning that if you are uh, in an asset of which you plan on selling or have thought about selling uh, now and or within the next, say, five years, um, I would suggest that now would be a good time perhaps for you to seriously consider um, the um, to try and yield uh, your highest and best profit. Um, you know, take that for what you will, um, but that is the advice um, that I am providing to my clients. Um, you know, the situation, again, it will be a slow motion. Uh, however, when we get to, you know, beginning to see more uh, availability, uh, what happens is is that that's when you'll start seeing adjustments on pricing if people aren't able to get the price point that they were hoping for, or they'll start reducing um, in you know uh, slight ways or large ways, uh, depending on you know how they are. They you know some people have been asking crazy prices, and if they got the price, they'd sell it. Um, but you know markets are markets, and uh, value is value, and so it's all about supply and demand. And when we've been living in a world of a little supply and great demand, um, when the market changes, uh, for many who have never experienced it, and there's tons of supply and very little demand, um, you know, that is something uh, that I think uh, we might see start to begin playing out. Um, and I'm not trying to be alarmist. I'm trying to be very realistic and feel that there's. I have a responsibility to at least allow those few who are listening um, but are interested uh, in obviously all things real estate related that uh, I have a duty to just kind of you know explain what I think uh, may unfold and how it will uh, play out you know uh, for any of those individuals that are involved in um, uh, flipping and or uh, renovating or bursts um, you know, you want to get those done as quickly as possible, and you may find that even products that uh, you had priced out uh, preemptively in order to, um, you know, obviously gauge your total investment against what your potential return would be, uh, might even change. I think we're going to start seeing uh, significant changes. I've been receiving notifications from suppliers that I use um uh, nationally for uh, different uh, client needs and I have received uh, notifications that uh, prices are now uh, subject to change without notification and I think that we'll start seeing that uh, play out uh, in you know in a bigger way on so many different levels um, you just need to go to grocery shopping and you immediately are seeing a giant spike uh, in the cost of just food 
So, um, you know, this is a conversation that I believe is worth having, and I believe that it's not um, one uh, that should be considered to be fear-based or anything like that, because I don't believe in that. Um, but I am here to try and help those who are interested um, make decisions uh, and go about uh, their business in a way um, that makes sense and is practical under the circumstances. We need to understand what's unfolding in Europe is very, very unique and very strange. We have a country that has invaded another country that has not done anything wrong. Uh, it's not the same as Afghanistan, which hosted uh, terrorist organizations uh, that uh, completed horrific acts. Um, it is not the same as Iraq. Uh, Saddam Hussein invaded uh, Kuwait. Um, this is completely different. And, uh, you know, rightfully so, uh, the media and news sources are referring to the situation as Putin's war. And it should be, because this is not a uh, Russian war. This is Putin's war. And I do feel for those uh, that are within Russia, uh, because these sanctions, which also affect us uh, indirectly and directly, um, are absolutely incredibly uh, uh, in-depth and, uh, and very well thought out and are truly affecting uh, individuals within Russia. Um, however, for every action, there's a reaction, and uh, those sanctions then have also an indirect effect on, first will be um, uh, the European economy um, and or financial institutions or institutions that did prime, you know, most of their business primarily in Russia, um, by having the SWIFT code removed, um, that was a dramatic step uh, which prevents the exchange of currency. As those must know, a SWIFT code is the identification number for financial institutions. Each one has Royal Bank and CIBC, and, and, and then there is a uh, Canadian uh, code uh, that identifies. And if that were to be taken away, then that causes the inability for transactions to occur. Now, those financial institutions in Europe that uh, did a significant amount of business uh, with the Russian financial institutions or the economy as a whole um, will be uh, affected adversely. And um, we must also appreciate the fact that uh, Europe relied on uh, Russian commodities and minerals and resources uh, to be able to produce um, uh, manufacturing on various levels. So, you know, you've got Russian oil, um, you've got Russian gas, um, but Russia is very similar to Canada in that uh, Canada, we supply many with our natural resources. And when those resources get cut off, um, that is going to have an effect on uh, the economies there and indirectly uh, also affect uh, companies uh, that are associated here and us as a whole. And the gas is a direct impact uh, on us. So, you know, people might think, okay, well, we'll just change strategy. And, uh, and, and for those right now, maybe um, the uh, pipeline from Canada uh, will be something that will be reconsidered seriously. However, that is not going to happen overnight. And so any course of uh, 
action, um, progressive action to try and overcome uh, the negative actions that are taking place. They don't happen overnight. They take time. And um, the timeline is not, you know, it's not fast. It's, it's like a year. It's two years. It's, um, you know, very similar to COVID where, you know, we started realizing that we were outsourcing all of our manufacturing. And then when something dramatic happened, uh, companies now have realigned and have reassessed um, their protocols on how they're going to go about getting um, their materials and locations of where they're made uh, and how that is going to uh go down um, and that was from COVID occurring in which in the end is what stimulated or began to stimulate the inflation that we're experiencing now. You know, um, nobody, I predicted that the real estate market, which was a boom, uh, a big bubble uh, back in 2018, 2019, uh, that when uh, COVID started to unfold, you know, I thought that would be the time that we'd start to logically see a you know major market adjustment. I know I wasn't the only one who thought that. However, no one would have ever anticipated that uh, the Canadian government would uh, literally pay an income uh, to everybody uh, coast to coast and also subsidize uh, major billion-dollar corporations. And that policy also obviously unfolded. Uh, in the United States and many countries across the world. So who could have forecasted that? And so what that did was actually, you know, almost worked in, you know, completely did an about face where people had now actually more money than they necessarily did before. And we're buying, you know, and we're home. So what did they do? They're upgrading their television systems and all kinds of things. And Online shopping takes off and Amazon goes like crazy. And all of that demand uh, also then uh, causes a pipeline of uh, inventory um, that cannot be met and or shipped quick enough uh, and causes the issues that uh, we have seen recently. Now, uh, the situation that we're experiencing today is uh, going, that's going to be magnified uh, many times over. Um, it's just logical, and we can see it unfolding as we speak. So, for those that are currently, uh, you know, have been accustomed to a certain market, um, these will be the times that um, will begin to unfold that uh, you will experience some changes. Uh, for those who bought assets, uh, for the long-term keep and hold, uh, I think that uh, you have nothing to worry about. Um, but what you do need to do, and what I have suggested in many episodes or in previous podcasts that I've been on, um, I have been asking and directing and or pleading in many ways for people to do uh, kind of, um, you know, their own fiscal analysis. And although the stress test that um, mortgages were placed under was at 5.2, um, you know, that percentage amount, that was a minimum of the minimum that the government used. And I think that um, uh, I think that one should be using, and I've suggested in previous shows, a higher number of say six or even seven percent and see where you're sitting. And if if you were if your mortgage were to come due and all of a sudden your rate is at say six percent, let's say 
give or take, maybe go a little higher and try seven just for the sake of it. And I know there are people saying, oh, that's never going to happen. But um, let me tell you, um, you know, mortgage rates, if you look historically, uh, you, I invite anyone to uh, look any of this up. Um, you know, the medium average uh, historical rates for the last 50 years have been somewhere in the seven point something range. And there was a time that people celebrated. Uh, I got a, you know, a five year rate at 7%. So these, these discounted interest rates that we've experienced for the last 14 years has in itself caused much of the problems that we currently have. And I know there is a, you know, a certain magnitude, you know, many who think, well, there's no way the government's going to raise rates that high because they won't be able to cover their own debt. You know, um, valid argument, uh, but um, let me tell you, uh, it is a situation that is so dynamic, uh, it, you may see things that you never expected un to unfold, unfold. And we also need to know whether you agree or disagree. The government also plays a role uh, through the Bank of Canada on, uh, you know, uh, on rates. I mean, what government that's uh, leading the government is going to want to see rates uh, increase dramatically uh, and have their um, population as a whole, uh, for those who have uh, mortgages, uh, hurt financially? Uh, that will not uh, reflect well in the polls. Uh, however, right now, uh, all governments, including our Canadian government, can now point to Putin uh, directly as uh, the individual uh, that could be blamed uh, for taking on uh, this situation. Um, so I don't see that interest rates are going to spike dramatically overnight. I think it's just going to be, like I've said, like a slow-motion car accident where it will begin unfolding. And as things progress and or announcements of certain levels of inflation uh, have um, been, you know, or oil prices continue just to uh, completely stay out of control, um, you are going to see adjustments made uh, that uh, will play out. So, you know, do an analysis on your financial uh, situation as a whole. You know, for those who've got assets that have a lot of equity right now, and um, you you know you could sell a few. I am advising my clients, um, you know, not to keep your money in the bank, but to pay down your debt, um, pay it down, uh, shore up your fiscal um, uh, over over well your, your being. Uh, this is the time. Uh, you could take some great equity on certain assets and invest it and or pay off mortgages on assets that you want to keep long term that are, are your, your, your great producers. So that is something to contemplate and to uh, consider. Those who've got lots of credit on credit cards, uh, you don't have to worry about that. That's not going to get pulled. Um, but they will uh, initiate higher uh, interest rates, um, and they have the power to do that. And uh, again, without any notice um, due to uh, situations that are unfolding. So I don't advise people to be buying uh, anything uh, by way of their credit cards uh, when it comes to real estate transactions, especially right now. Um, so... You know, with that said, um, as promised, I am going to uh, provide additional segments, and uh, those that way it's not long and arduous. 
and uh, easy to listen to. And um, with that, I'm going to sign off. And I just want to say thank you for those who do uh, listen to my show. Uh, please uh, follow, like, follow, share, do all of that with like-minded individuals. But um, uh, I do need that uh, for the algorithm and to know whether, you know, all this time and effort is, um, you know, uh, well spent. And uh, though for those who do follow, and uh, I do appreciate it, I really do. And uh, I hope that you find uh, my segments and uh, information to be informative. Um, but it isn't what Frank says. It's for you to dig in further to see if anything that I am sharing with you is uh, relevant. And um, we'll get into more depth uh, a little bit further, and I will try and release these uh, segments um, over the next week or so. So uh, thank you once again uh, for joining me on Let's Be Frank About Real Estate Investing. Have a wonderful day.